How do you wrap up the week and make sure your year is off to a fast start? Tomorrow's Monday and you want to get after it. What do you need to do to jumpstart your year? I'm going to share that with you on this episode of the Inside BS Show. Hi, this is Dave Lorenzo, and this is the show where we take you inside business strategy. We share the insider business secrets with you, and we go behind the scenes, and we get all the inside BS that you could ever want in any podcast show. That's right. We're here every day with a brand new show, and the last two days, we've had some great shows for you. In fact, the last week we've had some outstanding shows and this is your Sunday summary where we pick a couple of highlights from shows from the week and we go a little bit deeper in the concepts and today I want to go deep into just one concept from this past week and why it's not because we don't have dozens and dozens of great things we had shows this week where for example in episode let's see episode 204 we talked about how to receive a referral. That was earlier this week. Episode 205 was the new daily habits you need for 2021. Episode 206 is the episode that I'm pulling this particular clip from. In episode 206, which was just a couple of days ago, we did a very special roundtable with people who had been my clients in my inner circle business development community for years and years and years. I brought together four long-term clients, Steve Klitzner, who's an IRS problem resolution attorney, Judson Cohen, who's a personal injury attorney, Bradley Gross, intellectual property attorney, and Russell Jacobs, who's a real estate attorney. And we talked about our tips for growth in 2021. I shared that with you on New Year's Day. If you missed it, you can go to getinsidebs.com, getinsidebs.com, and look for episode 206 titled 21 Ways to Grow in 2021. But there's one clip in particular I want to highlight today and I want to really emphasize for you because it's so important for your growth in the upcoming year. I'm going to play it for you, but in order to set it up properly, I need to share the dynamic in the room when we were recording this and then talk about the specific concept that's being shared. So the dynamic in the room between and among the five of us is very collegial. We've been friends for a long time. I've worked with these folks since 2008. So we know each other's businesses inside and out. We know all of our personal history. We know the good, the bad, and the ugly. And these four gentlemen, along with one woman, were a part of my original inner circle business development community. Now, it was titled something different, and there were only five members in this group, but I had three different groups of five members. These days, my inner circle business development community has over 50 members, and they're all over the world, and we meet virtually. We don't meet in person. Long story short, these guys know each other well. I know them well. They know me well. And one of the concepts that was shared very early on by one of our members, Brad Gross, is the concept of eliminating bad clients, lopping off the bottom 10 to 20% of your worst clients every year. This is the perfect time to do it because we're in the beginning 
of a brand new year. So let me play for you the clip from Brad because he can describe it better than I can. And we'll talk about it on the other side. I'm going to give you the way that I think was the most insightful thing that I offered to the group when we met way back when. And it is, if you remember, I used to say, you got to drop the tail. Remember the tail? Remember the chart with the tail? See, they're all nodding, the tail. <laughs> yeah. This is this is Bradley brilliant. Gross Curve. This is the Bradley Bad Gross, gross curve. curve. Yes, exactly that, right. that's what it was. I Bad remember now, curve. the Bradley Gross Curve. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So if you were to draw, and it's funny because as you guys were talking, I was looking around to see if I had a piece of paper to hold up and I could draw it, but I don't. Bottom line is this. Imagine a bell curve, right? A bell curve and cut it in half. So at the apex, you have at the apex, you know, and then it goes down and tail drags, you know, trails off. And what I did was I drew that at our meeting. And then at about, I don't know, starting on the bell curve, went down, down, down. And then just before it started to really drop precipitously or, you know, drew a line. And I said that everything past that line, those are the clients that you, you cannot take. You actually can't afford to have them. And by, mean, by that, I don't mean that you can't afford, meaning you can't financially afford it. I mean, you don't have the time for them. They are too small. They cannot afford you. They will try to nickel and dime everything that you do down to the point where you end up doing free work or the scope creep of your project becomes enormous. And I said, what you need to do is identify who's in that tail, okay? Drop the tail. When you can focus on, your pri on the clients that give you the greatest value, that appreciate, very important, that appreciate your value and are willing to pay for it, you are going to be much more successful. You'll be more, uh, you'll be more satisfied. And those are the people that will refer you to other people like them. But the more that you include or provide services for the tail people who, who don't appreciate what you do, who don't want to pay for what you can offer them, you're going to get sucked into doing that kind of work, and it's not the area you want to focus on. Focus on everything but the tail, and you're going to be in, in pretty good shape. All right. There's some wisdom right there. So in speaking with Brad, when we, we came up with this concept when I was working with Brad one-on-one, -on -one, and then Brad brought it to the group meeting and shared it with the group, and we spent hours, countless hours, discussing and debating do you drop the bottom 10%? Do you refuse to accept people who look like them? Do you drop the bottom 20%? What do you do? How do you replace that revenue? Isn't, going, isn't it going to create a huge, dramatic financial hardship? And here's the conclusion that we came to as a group, and this is way back in 2009, perhaps, the conclusion we came to as a group and what I've done with my clients from that point forward, so the better part of 11 years now, I've had my clients and I myself drop the bottom 10% of my clients, the least productive clients, and everybody should set their own criterion for how they decide whether they're going to keep or drop a client. I will share with you my criteria for how I decide whom I'm going to eliminate from my client base when it comes to getting rid of clients. Number one, if I am not being fairly compensated for the value I'm providing. Now, most of the time, 90% 90 90 of the time, this is my fault. It's not the client's fault. 
So when it comes time to have the conversation with the client, I fess up and I say to the client, I have to be honest with you. When I agreed to work with you, I undervalued my services in my opinion. And unfortunately, I just can't continue to work with you for the arrangement that we currently have. So I'm going to, you know, I'm going to have to, we're going to have to part company. Now, that's harsh. If I like the person, I have a choice to make. I can either suck it up and continue to work with them at the price that we discussed, at the fee we discussed, or I can remove some value and continue for the fee we discussed, or I can talk to the client and see if the client is willing to do something, add some value, and in return for adding value, raise the client up to a normal, you know, very good rate. The bottom line for me in my business is if I feel like I'm providing more value than the compensation that I'm receiving from a client, that's usually my fault. So I couch it that way. Look, it's my fault. I know we've worked together for two years at this under this fee structure. I'm not going to be able to afford to do that anymore. In 30 days, we're going to have to either part company or come to an alternate arrangement because... I just can't. Unfortunately, I just can't do this. Now, that's the first type of client. And in my case, that's pretty rare because I do a good job of making sure that my my fee structure is fair, the value people receive is fair. And if people don't like the compensation, I don't negotiate the compensation. So, that's a pretty rare thing, but if in your case you feel like you're not being compensated adequately, you can have that conversation. The second type of client is much easier to remove, and this is a client who may be paying a fine fee. The fee structure may be okay, but this particular client is just driving you nuts. They're resistant to anything you have to say to them. They are argumentative. They're constantly late. They don't respect your time. They abuse your staff or they're abusive of the process that you have in place. And they're just not a good person to work with. The simple way to remove them is to sit down and just have a conversation. You can do it over Zoom or Skype and say, I'm going to be candid with you. Uh, I know we've worked together for a little while at this point. I'm just not able to continue to uh, handle your matter or I'm just not going to be able to continue to represent you or I'm just not going to be able to continue to work with you. Um, my needs and the needs of my practice have changed and you've grown and you've evolved. So it's time for us to just part company. I appreciate everything uh, that we've done together. I appreciate your trust that you've placed in me and I wish you well. Don't expect this to go over with an argumentative client. It's not going to go over well at all. But once that conversation is done, you never have to worry about having another conversation with this person again. The third type of client who you probably want to uh, make sure that you include in this drop period, and I do this drop period at the beginning of every year, the third type of client is the non-compliant client. And this is a client who has come to you and asked for something specific and you've agreed to do something specific, but you need information from them. And for some reason, they're dragging your feet. 
They're dra- I'm sorry, they're dragging their feet. You've left messages and they don't return your calls. You've connected with them uh, via voicemail on a number of occasions. You've sent them email and they just won't send you the information you need so that you can do the work you're supposed to do. Now, there's two ways to handle this. The passive-aggressive way is just to ignore this person, and at some point, they'll come to you and they'll say, hey, I want to get this work done. Problem is, there may be an issue may arise that they may have the expectation that you should have foreseen and warned them about, and even though you weren't able to get them to give you what they needed in order for you to do, give them what you needed in order for you to do the job, they may be able to go back and file some sort of a complaint or leave you a negative review. My counsel to you is to go right at them and say, listen, you connected with me, you hired me to do something specific. I did my part and I continue to do my part. I have blocked off significant time to work on this matter. I need you to get me the information within the next 48 hours. And if you don't, unfortunately, we're going to have to part company. Now, it's up to you to decide whether to refund the money they paid you. If they paid you in advance, it depends on how much work you've done, I suppose. If you've done a significant amount of work, then you can go ahead and refund a prorated portion As a result of the work that you've done, you keep the money for the work that you've done and you provide them with the refund based on the remaining funds that you have on file. It's far better for you to get rid of them at the beginning than it is to have to pester them for the life of the engagement. So those are three particular types of clients I encourage you to just lop right off in that Bradley Gross curve, in that tail Lop those three particular types of clients off right at the beginning of the new year. This is the time. Go through your client base and get rid of them. Now, as to the question, the point of whether it makes sense to do this, does it make sense to do this? Are you going to lose revenue? Let's say this is a repeat or a recurring client who gives you $5,000 a month, but they extract $25,000 in emotional toll That $5,000, you will make it up because you'll be determined to make it up. Your focus will be on making it up. The vacuum always fills with better clients who pay more money. So getting rid of firing problem clients is a no-brainer, and you should absolutely lop off the bottom 10%, maybe even more, maybe even up to 20% of your client base every single year and force yourself to replace them. Now, there's one more point Brad made in that clip that we played earlier. And he said, hey, you also need to not take crappy clients in the first place. And this will prevent you from having a lot of tough conversations next year at this time. So here are the three criteria I use for determining whether or not somebody's a fit for my services. I share this criteria with my clients and I encourage them to adopt the criteria as well. The first is, can I solve this person's problem? Can I provide value well in excess? Am I able to provide value well in excess of the investment they're going to make in me? In my case, with my business, the investment always returns at least 10 times what the client pays me. 
if they pay me twenty thousand dollars, the the return on that investment is usually two hundred thousand dollars or more over the course of the six months, eight months, or a year that we work together. So, can I, given the business that this person is in, whether it's a, a legal practice? Uh, if they have a niche focus or if they're another professional services firm, CPA firm or financial advisor, engineering company, architect firm, any type of professional services firm or an entrepreneurial group, can I provide them enormous value? If the answer is yes, we move to criteria number two. What is this person's motivation and do I believe this person's motivation for working with me. There are a number of clients who say they want to work with me and then don't do what they should do. They don't take my advice to heart or they take some of the advice and they don't take all of it or they argue with me about the advice and I don't I don't tolerate that. So if they're sufficiently motivated, they will do what I ask them to do. So the question I ask the client before they come on board is, what are you looking to accomplish and why is this important to you personally? Do you need to work with me to develop more business so you can get promoted? Do you need to work with me to double the size of your practice so you can buy your family a new home next year? Do you need to work with me to acquire another practice area so that you have a complimentary practice area and you can make money from the work of others? What is your motivation and why is it important to you personally? If I like the answer to that question, then we move on to step three. And step three is very, very simple. I lay out the expectations I have for them and I lay out the expectations they should have for me and we mutually agree that we're a good fit. So the expectations I have for them could look like, hey, listen, you need to be compliant. You need to make all the meetings. You need to show up on time. If I give you homework to do, you need to do the homework. If I ask you to read something or watch a video or listen to a podcast, you need to do that. If I you know, have you try something and it doesn't work, you need to take detailed notes on your process and share those notes with me so that we can make adjustments and you can try it again. And that means you need to try something up to three times before we abandon it, especially if it's not in your area of strength. So those are the criteria that I have. Those are the expectations that I have for them. Then I go into what their expectations should be from me. I will give you the best advice I can. I will help you think through how to use your strengths to accomplish the goals that you want. I will be with you every step of the way. I will hold you accountable. I will show up on time for our meetings and I will follow up with you to make sure that you understand what needs to be done. You do the work. I provide you with the advice, the counsel, the confidence and the motivation to get going. If they agree to all those things and they agree to the other criteria, we're a good fit and we go and move forward. If I receive any resistance at all, or I feel in any way uneasy or unsettled, I don't take the client. And you may be thinking to yourself, well, Dave, you're not in a financial position where you need the money, you're not, you don't have a gun to your head, you don't, you don't have my bills, you don't have the debt that I have, you're not constrained by all that. I have to take everything that comes in the door because I got bills to pay. Well, I'll be candid with you. 
even when I was in that position, I still had the same criteria. And that made me better at what I did and it made me more attractive to people. You heard me correctly. It made me more attractive to clients. Why? Because I wasn't desperate and I wasn't just taking anyone who crossed the door threshold to try and work with me. So my hope for you as we finish up the first couple of days of this new year is that you will continue on this journey with me. I am here every day. I will be here every day for you in 2021, providing great value just like this. Also sharing great interviews like that one I did with those four gentlemen where we got the Bradley Gross Curve. Stand, stand by, stay tuned for another great interview tomorrow and more great group sessions at the end of each week. Sundays, I'm back with you for a show just like this where we summarize the whole week or a particular topic during the course of the week. Thanks for joining me. Thanks for coming inside. We'll see you right back here tomorrow on the Inside BS Show.